just give him a great praise.
so good. Jesus, you're so good. or the presence that he gives when he enters a place. How many know the Bible says if two or three gather in his name, he's already here, amen? Do you feel his presence this morning? Are you ready to experience his presence? Hallelujah. I just want you to focus your, your attention on Jesus this morning. And we're just going to say things like, there's nothing worth more that will ever come close Nothing can compare You're our living hope It's your presence, Lord This is my testimony right here Because I've tasted and seen the sweetest of love when my heart becomes free <laughs> all my shame is undone it's your presence Lord. can you just lift your hands and say Holy Spirit
That's what it's about today, right here. Let us speak up.
Anybody found that out today? <laughs> Nothing in this world will satisfy. Jesus, you're the cup that won't run dry. Just want you to lift your hands and declare this. Tell them your presence is
I await for the moment that I see you face to face? Because nothing in this world will satisfy. Come on, I want you to declare that again right there. Say it. Nothing in this world will satisfy. from your heart, Jesus, Jesus, you're the comfort of my heart, and with your hands lifted high, let's declare this, your presence, well, let me hear you sing it, just the voices. Come on, sing it out, congregation, your Jesus taught us to pray in the Gospels. He said, I want you to pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then he says an important statement. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? As it is where? So Jesus literally teaches us that we should desire and pray that heaven comes to See, in, in heaven, there's no brokenness, there's no financial issue, there's no sickness, there's no di disease or sadness. In heaven, there's healing and there's freedom and there's liberty and there's wholeness and wellness. So right now, we're going to say this again, but here's what I want us to do. I want us to declare that right now within the four walls of this room, this is heaven on earth. Are you ready? So if this is heaven, everything that's not of heaven has to go this morning. Amen? And we're going to practice his presence as he begins to shower out his gifts. He can do it in worship. We don't have to have a word. We don't have to have nothing. The Spirit of God can begin to move right now in your situation. And he can begin to heal your body. He can begin to touch your life, touch your family situation. Because when his presence enters... He brings the kingdom of God with him. Are you ready? So I want you to throw your hands up right now if you believe that we're standing in the heaven that God has designed and declared to be on earth right now. And I want you to say your presence. Tell him, it's your presence. Come on, sing it.
one more time. Come on, lift up your hands all across this room. The presence of the Holy God is in this place. The King of kings and Lord of lords is here to meet with you. Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your name today, oh God. We worship you in the beauty of your majesty. We give you glory and honor and praise and adoration that is due your name. There is no one that is worthy, nobody else that is worthy of our praise. Because if we don't cry out, church, the rocks will cry out in our place. And I want to tell you that no rock is going to cry out in my place. I want you to worship him today because his name is great. There is no other name like our God. Oh, you are so good, God. to us oh God we love you Jesus we thank you for your presence we thank you oh God that you do not run from us but that you are close that you are here that you are present in our circumstance you inhabit the praises of your people and Lord we worship you we adore you today have your way in our lives have your way in our circumstances have your way today in this moment oh God be lifted high be lifted high Jesus hallelujah give the Lord a hand clap of praise today he is good he's so good Woo! praise God we have a special presentation here for you today you guys can uh, be seated at this time October is pastor appreciation month for those that may have not known brother you could hold on for that for just one second because we have a presentation I'm sorry if we can have the pastoral elders please uh, make their way up to the front you guys could clap it up for them as they come forward there are a few absent today we have pastors Berto and Griselda we have pastors Jared and Sue Ellen Walker we have Pastor Steve, Steve Ramos, please come on up here. Woo! You guys can face the people for this moment that we'll have you turn around. Rudy Salt is actually celebrating his wedding week this week, so he is absent. And Lauren, Pastor Lauren Sienski is absent today. So we just want to put before you the ones who work daily for you. And I want to read this passage of scripture. So if you guys can move closer together and face me at this time. They love you, church. These are the ones that day in and day out handle the affairs of the church and they handle it well. And so I want to 
bring this passage of scripture to your attention. This is the verses, these are the verses that I pray over you guys with daily. And for all of the leadership, the elders and deacons, this is my prayer for you guys. But for you guys handling the affairs of the church as the pastors, the preachers, and the teachers, I want to bless you with this. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15 through 18, it says, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and a revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. The spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better not so that you can work for him better, not so that you can do more for him better, but that your hearts would truly know the God that has saved you and has set you apart to be a co-laborer for him on this earth as we equip the body of Christ as apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, amen, teachers. You know, Pastor Appreciation Month a lot of times just goes to the senior pastor. But I taught in this church that I'm appreciated all year round. I get a salary. I get to work for the church. You guys always help and serve me. So I taught us in this church that when pastor appreciation comes, we honor the staff pastors. We honor the unsung heroes. We honor you who give your life to our children in the back there every week, Sue Ellen. Just this last Wednesday, over 120 people here, most of them all children, needy families, a lot of them. Jared doing our 201 every Sunday morning coming early and, and Thursday. The Goveas doing our counseling, praise God. There is not enough money we can put in that check to thank you, to appreciate you for doing our counseling. Let's give it up for the Goveas for doing pastoral counseling. Some of you say, I wish Pastor Joe would be here to counsel me. No, you don't. You do not wish that I was there. You want the nicest man in this church to be there with the nicest woman you will ever meet to be there. Steve with our young people, over 60 young people, 20 of them gave their hearts to Jesus Friday. Thank you. You are an intern finishing your last year of Bible college, but you are a pastor to us. We appreciate you. You love our young people, not as an intern, but as a shepherd, as a pastor. And Carmen, we know that you support your husband, and so I wanted to make sure that you would be up here as well. So congregation, can we just stand up together? We're going to clap really loud in a minute, but before we do... Can I just ask some of you to come from your seats and lay your hands on their shoulders right now? And just, you know, we're going to pray for them. So just those of you who really feel like you're a part of their ministries or you appreciate what they do, would you come from your seats and just get around them? Maybe step forward, Carmen, and you guys, you know, so more people can get there. I know some of the youth want to pray for you. We really want to thank God for you guys today. This congregation's got your back. 
We know that you guys have to work jobs outside of the church, and it gets hard to hold on to both of these things, ministry and work and family. But this church got your back. They appreciate you. They love you, and God's got your back. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that in this church, Lord, there are pastors who serve like shepherds taking care of sheep. They don't use the sheep for their wool. They don't manipulate for money, for dishonest gain. They do it without accolade, without notoriety, without money, God. They do it because they do it unto you. And this congregation is thankful. We're thankful for their long hours of work, their volunteerism. We're thankful for all the teaching that they've given us, all the counsel, all the weddings that they've done, all the things they've done for outreach for our children and our, our teenagers. Lord, we appreciate every one of them. And Lord, we bless them today. We lay our hands upon each one of them saying, Lord, bless them even more. Bless them. Pour out financial blessings upon them. Bless their children, God. Bless their jobs, Father, Lord. Bless their homes and their cars so they can continue to serve with ease, not with burden. Give them fresh anointing to pour out as you bless them and do things in them. May they be a blessing to others. Go in and through them, Father. This congregation is thankful. My wife and I are thankful for the gifts you have given us. We don't take them for granted, and we honor them in your name. And you said when we honor a messenger in your name, we receive the reward. We receive the reward, Father, that you've placed upon their lives. We bless them in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let's bless the Lord. Guys, would you turn around, put on some party music, please, and let's greet them and tell them thank you. There'll just be a line right up here. You can all come from your seats and just tell them how much you appreciate them today. We are so grateful that you came, and we're going to get into some announcements in just a moment. But just hang out with some of this music and tell them how much you appreciate them. Thank you.
Amen. How many of you guys excited you came to Metro Praise today? Praise the Lord. You guys ready for some good news? Come on. I'm going to preach the gospel to you. We do this every week. If this is your first time here and you don't know God, you have never been born again. You do not have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. This message is for you this morning. I'm going to read from Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. It says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. This is Jesus speaking. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. I want to let you know today that Jesus knocks on the door of your heart. He doesn't barge in. He doesn't knock it over. He doesn't knock it in. He doesn't kick, kick it in. He's knocking on the door of your heart waiting to see if you will allow him to come in. And he wants to dine with you. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to hang out with you. And so many people, they feel the knocking. They feel God moving in their life. And they keep that door closed for whatever excuse, whatever reason. And I want to let you know today that this is your moment to open that door and say, Jesus, come in. I've waited too long to open this door. Don't let this opportunity pass you by to get right with God because you're not promised one more breath. We're not promised another moment from the time we leave this building. You must know where you will spend eternity. There's one of two places mankind will spend eternity. It's either going to be in heaven or it's going to be in hell. Eternity, my friends, is a very long time. And the only ones that get to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus are the ones that have been born again. A lot of people think they have time to, to get right with God at the last minute. Oh, I'll do it later. Or I'll have a few moments to just cry out to God before I pass. You are not guaranteed that, my friends. Now is your time. Now is your moment to get right with Jesus. Because if you didn't want him here, if you didn't want to hang out, with God on this earth and do his commands, follow his commands, read his words, spend time with him in prayer, worship him with your life, allowing your life to be a living sacrifice, why in the world would you want to do it in heaven? If you didn't do it with him here, he's not going to want to do that with you there. He will say, depart from me, I never knew you. So with all eyes closed all across this room, this is not something to... Uh, to convince you to be a part of a better team. I'm not up here, you know, coaching you. 
whether you do it or not, is solely based on your choice. And every choice we make in this life has consequences. So this is not a message for you to convert to a different religion. This is a message of pleading with you to get right with God. As I begin to pray with you, you know God is knocking on the door of your heart, wanting to come in. If you open that door, he will come in. I want you to come into agreement as I begin to pray for you and say, Jesus, I give you my life. Lord, I thank you for every single person in this room that is able to hear the message of salvation so clearly that you came, you died on the cross for our sins, you rose again on the third day, and you've made it possible for us to have a relationship with you again. It is only by the blood of Jesus that we are forgiven of our sins, and I pray that every single person in this room that has not been born again, they are not in a saving relationship with you, that today as they hear you knocking on the door, that they will open and let you in. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen. Please give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Stand up to your feet with me. We have prayer workers here to the side. I want to encourage you to receive prayer. If you want to get right with God, you want to find out how to get plugged into the church, start discipleship. Joselito and Pastor Griselda are here to help you get to that next step. At this time right now, we're going to confess our confession of faith together. We do this every week because as believers in the word of God, as Christians, this is our a Christian worldview. This is how we see the world around us. We are, they are based on the conviction of God's word. So if you're with me, let's say it on the count of three. One, two, three. I believe in one God and creator who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father who so loved the world, the Son who purchased my salvation in his death, burial, and resurrection, and the Holy Spirit and abides in me forever. I believe in the perfect Holy Bible that reveals God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishment for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe in the United Church of Jesus Christ built upon apostles and prophets, elders and deacons in which the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone, and for the glory of God alone. Amen. Woo! Won't you guys spend some time greeting your neighbor, give some handshakes, and somebody a hug. Welcome to Metro Praise International.
All right. Who's excited they came to church today? Come on, make some noise. Look at your neighbor. Give them a high five. Look at your other neighbors. Say, keep on coming back. You guys could all find your way to your seats. We thank you for joining us this morning at Metro Praise International. Welcome, especially if it's your first time here. We thank you so much for coming. You're going to have an awesome time in God's presence today. Our services here at MPI are every Sunday at 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. This is our family service. So we have King's Kids Ministry in the back for our children, infant to 11 years old. We have awesome children's workers pouring into our young people, teaching them about uh, Jesus and the Bible. So if you have children in that age group, please feel free to uh, sign them up in the back and drop them off. Then we have Elevate Fridays at 7 p.m. every week. That is our youth service for students 11 to 18 years old, and God is doing awesome, awesome things there. So we want to welcome you to today's service, God's presence and his presence. God is going to do awesome things today. I hope you guys came expecting your healing, expecting your miracle, expecting your breakthrough, because God moves through faith, not pity, okay? God is going to move through your heart of faith today, and you have to believe that our God is the God of the impossible. So welcome to our service. This closes out our soul-winning summer outreach, and we're just going to keep believing, MPI, that God's going to keep winning souls. We're going to keep making disciples because it doesn't stop here just because, you know, it's October. November's coming. December's coming. We're going to keep preaching the gospel because we believe that Chicago belongs to Jesus. Amen? Next week, we have a special presentation as well. This is going to be after second service in the evening. It's called God and Politics. How many of you guys like those topics? Come on. Metro Praise is not afraid. Look to your neighbor say, we're not scared. So next Sunday, November 6th at 6.30 p.m., child care will be provided. We really want to encourage you guys to come on out and discuss everything everyone is afraid to talk about okay i don't know what you said but we're not going to be afraid to talk about it so we're going to discuss this and i really want you to invite your friends and your family co-workers neighbors people that get really you know fired up about politics because we're not scared we have all those um you know, different discussions, these talks lined up. It's going to be an awesome time. We're going to have a time of questions and answers. And so just come encouraged, filled with the Spirit of God, believing that uh, people are going to learn and the Christian worldview will really take, you know, in the forefront of people's minds. So uh, be in prayer for that for next week. Our vision here at MPI is loving God and loving people. How many of you guys excited about that vision? That gets me excited. Loving God and loving people. The two greatest commandments that God gave to us. Our strategy is to connect, mentor, and send. We want to connect you to the church through our life groups. We want to mentor you through our 101 and 201 books. Then we want to send you out to do evangelism so we could keep winning the loss for Jesus. And our goal by doing all of that is to have 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches here and 500 around the world. Are you guys ready? Let's do that together. Look to your neighbor say, get connected. This is a snapshot of the life groups that are happening this week. If you turn your hand out around, you'll see the schedule for the whole quarter. So kicking it off Tuesday, we have the Resistance Youth Life Group. 
11 to 18 years old, 6 p.m. here at the church. Wednesday is our King's Kids, infant to 11 years old, 6.30 here at the church. You want your children to be a part of this. Royal Rangers for boys, Impact for girls. Thursday is our gang outreach, 18 years and up, 7 p.m. here at the church. They hit the streets preaching the gospel, literally looking for gang bangers. And God is doing awesome things in that ministry. Every Friday, you have the opportunity to attend a Bible study, one at the Goveas, the other one is at the Vivids. Both are for 18 years and up, 7 p.m. Make that a time for you guys to get together, fellowship with your brothers and sisters in the Lord, and get refreshed in God's Word. It will change your life. And then Saturday, we have the Ambassadors Youth Life Group. Come on, 11 to 18 years. Um, that is wrong. It should not say end up there. 11 to 18 years, that's it, not end up. 1 p.m. here at the church. Look to your neighbor say, get mentored. We want to mentor you at MPI. We have leaders ready to walk through this journey with you as you get closer to Jesus. And our 101 book is called Welcome to Your New Life. This is done one-on-one -on -one with a leader in the church so that you can be encouraged to be all that God has called you to be as a disciple of Christ. When you graduate the 101, you'll get into the 201 class, Disciples That Make Disciples, so that you could be trained to be a leader in the church so that one day you could be ordained as an elder or a deacon here and be all that God has called you to be and fulfill God's purpose on the earth. And we want to send you out to do evangelism. Saturdays from 5 to 8, we meet here at the church. They hit the streets, preaching the gospel, street witnessing to complete strangers, being ready to give an answer for the hope that they have. And that is our commission. That is our call. Every disciple should go out and preach the gospel, make other disciples for Jesus. Amen? So in recap, MPI has a vision, a strategy, and a goal. A vision of loving God and loving people, a strategy to connect, mentor, and send, and a goal of 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches here and 500 around the world. Let me get a hallelujah. Come on, you guys all play a big part in the vision of this church, the goal, the strategy. How many of you guys are ready to give your tithes and offerings? Come on, it's an extension of our worship. We believe that the scriptures teach that a tithe is 10% of our total income given regularly to the church. And we designate our offering, which is above the tithe. That amount is between you and the Lord. That gets designated here towards missions and towards our building fund throughout the year. I'm going to read the lesson today. You can turn to the Metro Praise International Facebook page and click on the link for today's giving lesson. Lesson number two on section four is overcoming laziness. Section four is all about hindrances. And the definition of a hindrance is something that prevents us from being obedient to God's commands. Last week we talked about greed. Today is about laziness. We're going to be reading from Proverbs 18, 9. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 9 reads, One who is slack in his work is brother to one who destroys. Here are the three main points. Number one, lazy in work. The Bible clearly teaches that if a man doesn't work, they shouldn't eat. 2 Thessalonians 3.10 Therefore, every able-bodied adult should work, whether inside or outside of the home, to support themselves and their family. We cannot be lazy, church. We are not here to just receive handouts, but hands up so we can fulfill God's purpose on this earth and be an example of the body of Christ. We are not to be lazy. We are to be examples of being hard workers, taking care of ourselves and our family. Number two, lazy in obedience. The Bible is also very clear that God's commands should be obeyed immediately. 
and not postponed to a more convenient time. This includes obeying his commands to give tithes and offerings. How many of you guys sometimes feel that giving is not very convenient? I would rather, you know, get a little extra groceries for my children this week, or I would rather, you know, buy a new pair of shoes. But when we obey immediately and put God first in our finances, everything in our life will come into alignment. When our finances is out of order and God is not number one in that list, you're going to feel the effects of that in your life. There is a blessing when we obey God immediately and faithfully and make it a habit. And number three, laziness is brother to destruction. If we choose to be lazy rather than hardworking and obedient to God, we will suffer destruction in this life and the one to come. Because whatever you sow, you're going to reap. If you sow laziness, you're going to reap the effects of laziness. God is not going to bless your mess. We need to do things in excellence, put God first, trust him as we follow his commands, and watch what he does. In summary, overcome laziness with hard work and obedience to God, and he is able to help you do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Here are three ways you could apply this to your life. Number one, be faithful in giving your tithes, 10% of your total income, and offerings, anything you give after your tithes. Number two, repent if you have been lazy in your work or obedience to God. And number three, ask God to give you his strength to do all things, including your job for his glory. If you guys are with me on that, let's recite this confession of faith over our life on the count of three. One, two, three. By the power of the Holy Spirit, guidance of the word of God, I will not be hindered by greed, laziness, unbelief, discouragement, or fatigue in my giving to God. I will overcome bitterness, impatience, pride, fear, idolatry, and live a life of obedience in my finances. Please stand up with me to your feet this morning as we prepare to give the Lord our best. We are giving the Lord our tithes and our offerings. On the envelope, you could designate the amount that you want to go towards each category. Here are four ways that you could give at MPI. Number one, in the bucket during the offering. Number two, in the wall-mounted drop boxes there behind that wall. Number three, in the back with a credit or debit card. You could see Pastor Griselda for that. And number four, you could go online and use Chase QuickPay, PayPal, or BillPay at mpichurch.org forward slash giving. Let's recite this verse together. Philippians 4:19, and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your faithfulness to us, God. We do not want to be found to be lazy. We will work hard with our hands. We thank you for the ability, oh God, to think, for the ability to work with our hands and walk and breathe and do all that we have to do, God, for your glory. I pray, Jesus, for favor on the job. I pray that everything that we do would bring you glory, O oh God, before man, that we would continue to grow with favor, in favor with God and man, and allow your uh, kingdom's work to work through us to accomplish your purpose on this earth. I pray that you bless the gift and the giver. I pray that you meet our needs, the, the budget of MPI this month, that it would exceed above and beyond, that we would win Chicago for you and all the nations of the earth would hear the gospel. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Please come forward as you give, and we thank you so much for your generosity.
Let's give it up for Jesus if you're ready to encounter his presence today. Look at your neighbor and say, get ready, get ready, get ready. Open up your Bibles with me to Psalm 1611. Thank you. We have an awesome time set up for you today. It is a one-of-a-kind service. There is no frill, no chill, no trying to be cool, but it is going to be powerful. I'm not going to be a televangelist, but you will see miracles here today. Put it on the pea purple for me, sir. I want you to listen to me. I planned this service not because of my good idea, but on my prayer walks with the Lord, God said, I want to meet with my people face to face. In my time with the Lord, walking around my neighborhood about six weeks ago, God told me about today. And for the last six weeks, as I've been preparing the other sermons and doing the book of John, this has always been in my heart. And I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I know it's going to be awesome. And I know it's going to be awesome because God is going to show up here and personally change your life and do something that you have not even believed for before. Some of you are going to have new faith today for a new thing to happen. Now, others of you, you've been believing, and I can believe today that a breakthrough will come and that what you've had, that consistent faith for, you'll see a breakthrough today. But I want you to know that this is not an ordinary service. Brandon and I have talked about this, and this is based in his ministry. So it's no coincidence he is here right now. This is what he does all over the country. He was just a part of a large gathering of a lot of famous people. And you want to know what happened there? People heard him sing in worship and said, something is so special about your worship and your singing. I am rewriting my entire Easter production so that, when you, so that you can come and sing and bring the gospel through your music. I'm talking if I named the name, some of you guys would know. That just happened last week. God brought him here, set up this time, brought you here for an awesome encounter with the Lord. This may sound a little cheesy, but there is a powerful revelation in this. God's presence brings His presence. And that's what we're going to experience today. You've already experienced it a little bit in worship, and most of the time I preach, and we are a good church with preaching because we got to build your lives upon the Word of God. But we can never substitute the presence of God with just the preaching of God's Word. Jesus didn't just talk the Word. He gave you the experience of the Word. It wasn't just information. It was transformation. Are you guys ready? Okay, open up your Bible, Psalm 1611. I want to set it up today for you. I want you to see it today and understand how this service is going to go. And I don't want you to be nervous. I don't want you to be afraid. I want you to be able to just take a deep breath and say, Jesus, whatever you have for me today, whatever you've sent me here to get, I want to receive all of it. Because there's nothing that I can do that you cannot do between you and God. So I can't do what you're resisting. Does everybody get that? Even with Jesus, if you resisted Jesus, Jesus couldn't do, quote unquote, the thing that you maybe wanted. Like when he ran into a blind person, he would ask them a question. Do you believe? Do you want to get well? Things like that. And if they didn't believe and not want to get well, God wouldn't work. It's not that he couldn't force it on them, but that's not how he set it up. How God set it up is that he would work with us, that he would work within us, a partnership, a dancing with the divine. Somebody say dance with Jesus. Y'all like to dance, right? 
Y'all know about dancing up in this church. Come on. Listen to this scripture, Psalm 1611. You make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your what? You fill me with joy in your what? Presence with eternal what? Pleasures at your right hand. So what could I have named this service? Presence and pleasures. I could have named it that, right? That would have been literally by the Bible. God's presence brings his pleasures. But some people might think we just crazy up in here, you know, saying pleasures. They already think we're crazy. They might get the wrong idea, right? But I wanted to make it a little bit more clear by what we mean by the pleasure. It's the presence of God, the blessings of God, the gifts of God. But when you look to the Bible, those things that God wants to bless us with, those things that God wants to give you and me, it's for our pleasure. Pleasure's not a bad thing. As a matter of fact, if you're not desiring pleasure in your life today, something is wrong. You choose the coffee that you like because it's pleasurable. You choose the food that you eat because it's pleasurable. You chose your mate because it's pleasurable. You spend time with your kids going out because it's pleasurable. We need to go back to the idea of finding our pleasures in God. See, in God's presence, I can have the pleasure of my family even when things get tough. When I'm in God's presence on my job, I can have the pleasure of working. When I have God's presence, I can have the pleasure of church even if I don't get along with the person in the row next to me. Come on. See, God's presence brings his pleasure. So this is what we're going to do today. We are going to start our service normally where we end our service. So where do we normally end our service? I've preached the message, I'm hot, sweaty, face is red. And then what do we normally do? Call you up. Those who want to get prayer, here's the altar workers, let's get prayer. Well, God put this in my heart while I was prayer walking. Let's start a service like that. Let's start praying for people right now so for the next hour or so, we can hang out with Jesus. And so this is what we're going to do. We are going to do exactly what the Bible says. We're going to encounter the presence of God so that the pleasures of God will be here in this room tangibly. Tangible pleasure, tangible joy, tangible blessing. Are you tracking with me? Now, how do we get the presence of God? Some people want to know that, right? How do we get the presence of God? Go to John chapter 4, verse 23. John chapter 4, verse 23 tells us how we get the presence of God to come wherever we are, wherever we are in life. I'm going to teach you the principle today, but this is the very thing that I do on my prayer walk. So where do I experience the pleasures of God? In His presence. How do I set up a place where I can experience His presence? I worship Him. Y'all got to get that. How can you experience God's presence on your job? Worship Him. You worship. How can you experience God's presence on your commute? You worship Him. How can you experience God's presence with your children over the dinner table? You worship Him. I teach my children the songs of God. I'm okay with them learning Barney songs, but they won't learn Barney songs without first learning the songs of God. I listen to all kinds of music. Y'all would be surprised what kind of music I listen to. 
I don't listen to everything that sometimes that I hear on the radio, but even sometimes on the radio, I'll be like, man, that's a cool beat. That's a cool thing. Julian met, you know, Post Malone down there at the, at the Michigan Avenue Nike store that he works at. And we were with the Bible college students, and, and he was telling the story about how he met him. And I was like, I'm saucing, I'm saucing on you. And they're like, whoa, how do you know Post Malone? Like, what? We don't even know that. But here's the thing. I, I, I have appreciation for all kinds of music. Now, obviously, I don't like the vulgarity of it. There's a clean version. You know what I'm saying. But I got to worship Jesus, though. Jesus can do more for me than Ellie Goldwyn can do to me. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, that's a fun song to listen to. Or there's a rap song you like or a dance song. But there is something that happens when I just worship God. What happens? His presence comes. And then when his presence comes, his presence comes. His pleasures come. His gifts in my life come. His joy comes. Look at what Jesus said, John 4, 23. Yet a time is coming and has now come. Everybody say, right now. Everybody say, ahora. Thank you. Has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Look at your neighbor and say, be a true worshiper. Listen to this. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father the Father does what? He seeks them. Some people are going to yoga classes seeking a spiritual encounter, but God is seeking people who worship Him. There's some people right now trying to seek God in some mountain, trying to go to some guru, and God is saying, I'm seeking you. I'm looking for you. What do you have to do to be on God's radar? Worship. The moment you start worshiping, you get on God's radar. He then says, man, I'm showing up with you. I'm coming where you're at. For the time is coming when the kind of worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth because this is what the Father seeks. Verse 24, God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. So here's how we're going to get it on the rest of this service. we got 40 minutes right now and counting if you count to our normal time of going to 12. Here's what we're going to do for the next 40 minutes. I'm going to give you a simple word from the Bible about some area of your life that you may be dealing with. God has put a bunch in my heart the last six weeks. Some are going to hit on your life. Not every one of them, but some are. If it hits on everyone, if everyone hits on your life, I don't care if you come up 20 times. Come up every time it hits on your life. But this is what we're going to do. Read a word. God said this about this. And then you know what we're going to do? We're going to stand up. It's going to be like Catholic Church today. You're going to stand and sit a whole bunch, okay? We're going to stand up, and then they're going to start worshiping. And those of you who want to get the presence and the presence of God, you're going to come up here, and you're going to start worshiping until you get your pleasure, your breakthrough, your presence. God's going to give you that gift. Now, if you don't want to come up and get you some, you can stay where you're at and sing and do whatever you're going to do. But I'm going to ask you to do this act of faith to come up here because it's going to show that you mean business. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to do that about five to six times today in this service because there are issues in some people's life here today that you're trying to fix on your own. And God is saying, I will fix it in my presence right now. And you've been trying to do it on your own for months. And in one moment, God can change your life. 
There are some of you here struggling in your marriage. There are some of you struggling with addiction. There are some of you struggling with a broken heart and, and, and depression and things in your emotions. And you've been trying to tell your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your friends about it, your mom, your dad, counseling, and all that stuff may be fine and good, but you haven't, you haven't gotten the pleasure yet. You haven't gotten the healed heart yet. You haven't seen the miracle yet. And so when we hear God's word, we're going to respond with worship and be like, that's my God. He said it. I believe it, and I worship him now in his presence to receive it. You say, Pastor, I don't know if it works. My friend, it has worked for me for over 20 years. Not only does it work in this building, it will work for you in your everyday life. I could keep you here all day. As a matter of fact, when I was planning this service, I was thinking maybe I should encourage them with some testimonies, and they just started flooding my mind. And I said, if I tell them all these testimonies, they won't even have time to pray and worship. <laughs> they won't. If I just try to, so I ain't got time to try to convince you of this. I could just tell you one right off top, right now, just right now. When I first got saved, I was hooked on cigarettes. I used to do a lot of drugs and a lot of partying, but cigarettes was this, that nasty thing I couldn't quit. I never did drugs after the day I got saved, never got drunk again, didn't have sex again until I got married, but I was smoking all the time after I got saved, and I just got so tired of it, and I just was embarrassed too because I would be preaching, telling people about Jesus, smoking a cigarette, and I remember one day after my job, this is where it really just kind of hit me, is my friend came over, and he was a Christian from Bible college, and he knew a lot more than me, and I was trying to impress him and be like, man, I love Jesus too, and I'm reading my Bible. And then I pulled out, you know, my camel light, and I was like, and Jesus is so awesome, you know, and I just love Jesus. And he was just like, that's cool you love Jesus, but why are you still smoking? That's going to kill you, man. And as the old saying goes, it may not be a sin and send you to hell, but it'll make you smell like you've been there. So he said, you don't got to be addicted to that. You don't got to be on that. And I, and, I, and I just felt like, well, you know, I've tried to quit, and it didn't work, you know, so, I'll, you know, God still loves me. And he just says, I, you know, I don't know what word he used back to me, but it was something like, I double-dog dare you just to give it to Jesus. That's how it came to me, you know, that's how I heard it. That night, I was in my prayer time, just worshiping, and all of a sudden, I just felt the Lord say, go to your knees and just submit your life to me, and I'll take this from you just like that. So I go to my knees. And I just say, God, I don't know how to quit this stuff. I'm, I'm weak, Lord. And all of a sudden, he said, here, I'll make a deal with you. If you don't ever touch it again, I'll take away the addiction from your heart right now. And I fell to my face, started weeping. I said, you would do that for me, Jesus, because I'm weak, God, because I, I feel the addiction all the time. So if you're telling me I just don't touch it, you'll take away that addiction. I'll forget about it. I'll move on. And I remember driving that next day, and there was a pack of cigarettes in my car. And I just threw them out the window. I shouldn't have littered like that, but I just was like, get away from me, Satanas. You know, I just threw it out the window, the whole pack of cigarettes, and I never smoked again. I never smoked again. I know this works. In his presence, he gave me the present of being smoke-free. So I'm not even here. I could, too, could you not tell stories about the presence and the presence? I mean, he just told me one at the dinner table. We'll get to that when we talk about finances and God doing breakthroughs. But I got a good one for you right now. Open up your Bibles with me to Isaiah 61. The first thing that the Lord wanted me to start with today is that he wants to heal the brokenhearted. And when I talk about being brokenhearted, I'm talking about those of you dealing with anxiety, depression, past hurt, and fears. Anything that's in your heart that feels broken. 
Anything that somebody's done to you, any mistakes that you've made that beats you up on the inside, the broken record of stinking thinking in your mind, this is what the Bible says. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Jesus quoted this, by the way, when he walked the earth. This was talking about our Jesus. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. And so in Jesus' name, we're doing this here. Look what Jesus said he's here to do. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Do you feel like something in life took your precious your precious peace, your precious joy, and just slammed it on the floor. No more joy, no more peace, no more happiness. You just feel broken on the inside. And no matter how many songs you listen to on the radio that talk about being broken, it doesn't fix you. No matter how many friends you get around, no matter how many parties you go to, you still feel broken on the inside. This is what Jesus said. I came to take all those pieces and bind them up and heal you to proclaim freedom for the captive. You can come out of that prison cell of hurt. You may not forget that you were hurt, but the pain will not hurt like it used to. Freedom for the captives. Release, look at these words here. Release from darkness for the prisoners. They said that when they were in Auschwitz, these Jewish survivors of the Holocaust, they said that even on sunny days, it seemed like there was a gray film over the sky because there was nothing but despair in their lives. And that just struck me about how some people feel. They're like in the Auschwitz of their soul. The devil is tormenting them and wanting to kill them. And even when it looks good on the outside, even when everything's going good, it still looks like there's a dark film covering it all. And Jesus says, I'm going to release you. I'm going to come set you free. When those World War II soldiers came to those places like Outwitz, they set free those captives. And the devil is worse than Nazi Germany. The devil not only wants to starve you and destroy you here on earth, he wants you to go to hell eternally. And God is saying, I'll set you free. I'll bring you out of that darkness. I'll take you out right now. I'll clear up the clouds. You, you know in Chicago when it turns around this time of the year, you don't see the sun no more. All you see is clouds. But how many of y'all been on an airplane around this time? What happens? You get to about 10,000, 13,000, 15,000 feet. You ascend above those clouds, and you see that that sun's been shining all along. Nothing ever changed with God. Just life changes on us, and we need to hold on to an unchanging God. He said, I came to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. Why is that important to know about the vengeance of our God? Because all the people that hurt you, you ain't supposed to take vengeance on them. God says, I got your back. I'll do it. I'll do it on judgment day. You hand me your pain, and I'll take care of what they did to you. Vengeance belongs to our God. To comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion. God says, I'm going to comfort you today. We're going to worship in just a few moments. Y'all ready? Presence for the presence. Presence for the pleasures. In just a few moments, some of you with broken hearts and those of you who have been let down in life, you're going to come up here. You're going to start worshiping. And I believe God's going to comfort you. He's going to provide for you. He's going to bestow on you a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Because that's what a broken heart feels like. That's what abuse feels like. That's what let down feels like. That's what depression feels like. It's like ash on your head. And Jesus says, I'm going to take off the ash and I'm going to put on a crown. Because you're my son. You're my daughter. 
Woo! The oil of joy instead of mourning. See, God says, I'm going to replace your mourning with joy. A garment of praise. What's our name, people? Metro Praise International. And a garment of praise instead of that spirit of despair feel like giving up. They will be called oaks of righteousness. A planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. You're going to get planted by God. You're going to become strong through this. You're going to become rooted and grounded, as the Bible says, in His love. Are you ready? Stand up with me, everybody. If this word is not for you, you can stay at your seats. But if this word is for you right now, as we begin to worship, would you come forward, raise up your hands, and start seeking the Lord in His presence? Father, we're going to worship you for the healing of our broken hearts. We want to be healed on the inside. We don't want to be the same again. Worship right now, those of you, and then we'll pray for you in just a moment. But you worship. You worship. Come on. Come forward if you want to be healed from a broken heart. Come now. Don't wait for somebody else. Come on, you come. This is your time. Woo! Come on, worship. In the presence of the Lord, there is healing today. Come on, worship. Sing it by faith. Pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lips. Come on, now we're going to make an exchange, all of us here with broken hearts. Just raise up your hands right now and say, Jesus, my pain for your pleasure my heartbreak for your healing come on tell the Lord right now my pain for your pleasure Lord I'll make a trade I'll give it to you if you give me what you got my letdown for your hand up God I give you this come on what is it that hurts you is it a multiple of situations just give it to God. Say, Lord, I give you this. I give you this. I give it to you. Name it right now. Come on. Because we're going to worship again, but we're going to do it specifically with these things in our hearts. We're not worshiping aimlessly. We're worshiping set upon the Lord. Okay, you ready now? Make this exchange. Come on, let's worship one more time. Make an exchange with Jesus. Come on. Give it up to Jesus.
Jesus. Come on. You got to get these words. You're perfect in all of your ways. Where is this healing going to come? You trusting God right, the, right now with the hurt. Going, God, all things are going to work for my good. I, I won't let this problem define me. I won't let it define me, Jesus. You're perfect in all your ways. That means even though this was terrible... You're going to bring a testimony out of it. Even though it's a mess, you're going to give me a message of your grace out of this. Now, if you believe this, if you believe this, we're going to sing this one more time. It's your breath in our lungs. And as we sing it, make that final declaration that the praise of God will be what you meditate on today that you're leaving your pain at this altar, that you're counting it on the cross, that on the cross, Jesus took it, and you don't have to carry it anymore, and you can have joy, and you can have a garment of praise. Come on, sing it, your breath. Oh, come on. With tears coming down my eyes, I'm pouring out my praise. It's your
I want to have Desi pray for all of us that are up here for the hurting heart that are making that exchange. Desi, share us 30 seconds of your testimony. Because if there was one thing that described you before you met Jesus, it would be broken. Tell us what God did and then pray for us. When I was 14, I was set up by a group of friends and I was raped. And this man took me to his place and I was held captive for like about two months. And and he, he took my virginity, he raped me repeatedly until I finally like ran away from there. And uh, when I came back home, I didn't want to tell nobody. I didn't tell anybody anything because I was so ashamed. I was so embarrassed and I was like, it was my fault. And I was being literally tormented every day by demons. I was literally being tormented and I couldn't, I couldn't focus on anything because I would see the whole thing replay in my head. And uh, my mom told me we were going to go to church, and nobody had known, but I had plans to commit suicide. As a child, I used to be a cutter. I used to cut myself, my arm right here, and my legs. And uh, so I was, I was planning to do it. I was like, God, I have nothing. I, I feel broken. I have nothing left. Like, it was taken from me. And so I went to church with my mom, and there was a prophet, Greg Riley, there. And he called me up three times by my name, and that. I finally went up and he said, mind you, I did not tell anybody. Nobody knew. I was too embarrassed. I was so ashamed. And he said, God wants me to tell you in front of everybody here today that it wasn't your fault. It wasn't your fault. And God said that after today, you are healed. You can talk about it. You are healed. You are beautiful. And it wasn't your fault. Oh, God, and I just want to share with you guys that God is real. Just give it to him, man. There's nothing he can't heal. There's no heart he can't mend. He is real, and he loves you. You are his creation, and you are beautiful. Forget the world. Forget what they, you know, what they want you to be and all this stuff. And, you know, we feel like we got to look beautiful. We feel like we got to do this. Or as a man, you feel like you got to do this. But no. God created you. You are beautiful. You are amazing. You are here for a purpose. Lay it all out. I encourage you. Go after God. Go after God, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for this moment, God. I thank you for this opportunity, God. I thank you for our people that are willing, Lord, to exchange, God, their pain, Lord, for you, God, for you, for your healing. God, it can be done. This is your testimony, guys. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your healing, for your power, God, for your mercy and your grace, God. Oh, just give it all to him. Thank you, Lord. How many can say amen for the present today of healing? Come on, let's bless the Lord. As you make your way back to your seat, slap your neighbor high five and say, I'm healed in Jesus' name. Say it by faith. Say it by faith. you got to start somewhere. Jose Cruz, please bring that back. Open up your Bibles with me to the book of James. That was just the first one. i got about six more to go. Come on, people. How many glad you came to church today? You say, Pastor, well, maybe I didn't feel anything. Well, it's not about your feelings. It's about the truth of God. But many of us do feel it, don't we? 
Turn with me quickly to the book of James, and you can keep off those house lights for me, please. Look at the book of James. It teaches us that if we're lacking wisdom, we can receive it from the Lord. And today what we need to do is we need to receive our wisdom from God. And there are some of you here today that are in business. You have big decisions to make. Others of you are making decisions for your family, for what is important to you. And you may feel like you just don't have all the pieces put together yet. And it's bothering you. And I want to tell you that there is a present today wrapped up called wisdom for you. Guidance for you from the Word of God. And it will come in this service today. Maybe not the direct answer, though I believe some of you can get a direct answer. But you can get the confidence that God is going to guide you through your circumstance. Listen to what the Bible says in the book of James, chapter 1. It says that we should ask God for wisdom, and if we lack it, we should find it. Somebody shout out the verse. There it is. Which one? I know I keep passing it. My, my scroll's a little off. Look at what it says here in verse 5. If any one of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. I remember there was a time I was about ready to go into real estate, and I was very insecure about the business and understanding all the ins and outs. And I tried to uh, call up some of the guys that I knew that were doing it, and some of the people that I talked to, this is literally what they, what they said to me. Why would I want to help you when nobody helped me, and then if I do help you good enough, you become my competition? That's the way the world looks at sharing a lot of times, isn't it? You may have something on your job right now that you need wisdom at, but your boss doesn't want to give it to you because if you get it, you might become his boss. There might be wisdom that you need as a parent right now to know your children, but your children don't want to tell you what they're doing because if they do, then they'll get caught. And you're sitting here like my mom trying to figure out what's going on. You know what my mom did? She prayed for wisdom. You know what God told her? Go check your son's pockets. I was out playing one day. She went to my room, checked my pockets, found tobacco in there. I was in fifth grade. She said, God told me to do it and sat me down when I got home and said, God told me to check your pockets. You've been smoking, haven't you? Blew my mind. Wisdom. Wisdom is a light switch that comes on and changes everything. And many of us think that wisdom is only found from Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg and that business meeting we went to. No, wisdom comes from God. If you've ever received anything good from Mark Zuckerberg or Steve Jobs or anything, they borrowed that from God. So if anyone lacks wisdom as a parent, anyone lacks wisdom as a business owner, anyone lacks wisdom as a friend, maybe you don't know what to do with your friends, anyone's lacking wisdom today, listen to me. You don't have a friend problem, young people. Oh, I don't know how to choose the right friends. Oh, I don't know how to choose the right job, young adult. You don't have a friend problem. You don't have a job problem. You don't have a money problem. You don't have a relationship problem. You know what you have? A wisdom problem. Because wisdom will solve all those problems, won't it? If anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. This is what I love about God. When you come asking for help, he doesn't say, well, I know what wrong thing you did last week. I'm not giving you no help today. How many of us have been taught to think about God that way? 
What did you do? Your prayers? Did you confess? Did you pray to Mary? Did you do the Our Father? Well, if you didn't, He doesn't want to listen to you. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says when we come to our Heavenly Father and ask for help, He'll never say, I won't give it to you because you got faults. You got problems. He loves to help us. Everybody say, God loves to help me. He will give generously to all. To all. What does A-L-L mean? All. Come on. Without finding fault. And it will be given to you. But what do you have to do? But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a person blown by the sea and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded, get this, and unstable in all they do. You're tossed back and forth. Imagine being on Lake Michigan on those windy days with the sailboat just getting tossed back and forth. That's because they're not standing on solid ground. They're not on the pier. They don't have an anchor. Wisdom, everybody say wisdom. Thank you. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. Wisdom is the anchor for your decisions. Wisdom is the anchor for your marriage. Wisdom is the anchor for the friends that you pick. Wisdom is the way that you spend money. Wisdom will keep you from being double-minded. How do you apply wisdom in your finances? Let me go to the ladies first. Well, I like this purse. I like these shoes. But you look at your bank account, but I can't afford these shoes. Then what, what would the double-minded person do? Well, I'll put it on credit card. You're unstable and all that you do. The person of wisdom will say, I'll save up to get these things. Come on, wisdom will change your life. See, a lot of people want to come to church and have us just bop you on the head and fix all your problems, but you don't know how to let God fix your problems day to day. There isn't just a heavenly bop on the head that makes it all go away, folks. You have to work the Word for it to work for you. But it starts in the presence of God, and He gives you that presence of wisdom, and you believe it. And you go, He's got my back. He's not holding things against me today. He wants to help me. He wants to do good for me. Would you stand to your feet right now? Stand to your feet right now. We're going to start to worship in the presence of God. If you're in a situation right now and you need wisdom, would you meet me up here? Meet me up here quickly today. Don't wait for somebody else. If you need wisdom in a life situation, we need wisdom, Lord. We need your wisdom, God. We ask you, God, to impart it to us today and start to reveal it to us this week that we can see the difference, that we can see our way out of this mess. Just raise up your hands. Come on. Sing it out today. And keep my eyes above the waves. Oceans. When oceans rise, come on. So we'll rest in your I'm going to rest in your embrace. I am, yours. I am yours, and you are mine. Come on. one more time and I will call upon your name I will call upon your name and keep my eyes above the waves keep my eyes above the waves when oceans rise when oceans rise so will rest in your embrace for I am your 
Come on. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the water wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet will ever wander. And my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Right now, lift up to the Lord with your own words, what you're dealing with. Asking Him for wisdom. Lord, I need your help in my marriage. Lord, I need your help with my children. Lord, I need your help on my job. I need your help to find a job, to provide, to save, to invest. God, I need your wisdom to choose friends. Whatever it is, come on. Come on. God's going to give you wisdom. God's going to give you direction. And it may feel like sometimes you're walking on water. It may feel like sometimes that the world is spinning around you out of control. But God says, I got you. I got your back. You're not going through this alone. I'm building your faith. I'm building your faith. A few more moments. Ask the Lord for wisdom. Wisdom will be given to all freely without finding fault. Trust is without border. Let me walk upon the water wherever you have called me. Take me deeper, take me deeper than my feet could ever walk. And my faith will be made stronger. Come on, one more time. Spirit lead me. Walk upon the water wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever walk. And my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. We have the honor and privilege to have a man of wisdom here today. He's a self-employed businessman. God has given him so much wisdom and prospered him in ways that I don't even have time to testify. But God told him to start doing his worship that he would normally have by himself in his room to put it on Periscope. Somebody say wisdom. The moment he did that, breakthrough came into his finances, to his ministry, and even into his relationships, making connections through Periscope. He was just at one of the largest conferences in the country just last week with some of the biggest names. And I said, how did you get invited there? He said, Periscope. He said, bro, I have been traveling all over this country just on what happened on Periscope. 
Some of you are one ad away from a breakthrough in your business, and God has to give that to you. Some of you are one investment away, one investment. Some of you are one decision away in your friends, young people. One decision away for seeing some awesome things in your life. Wisdom is coming to you. Would you share a little bit, just as much as you can, and then pray for us, please. So, you know, I've been doing the same thing for... 12 years of my life being a worship leader and I never could find I thought that my I thought that breakthrough was going to come in people I knew and people I was associated with and and called friends big names in the the worship industry as far as music goes but none of that ever prospered anything in fact it actually ended up in brokenness and and in torn and broken relationships and friendships because it's like Pastor Joe said earlier why would anybody want to help you if they see you as their competition? And so it didn't come until I was in a place myself of brokenness, going, God, you know, I feel like you've just kind of hid me and kept me away, and, and, and I don't feel like I'm fulfilling the call on my life. But it always went back for me to that moment of, of personal worship where for eight years he promised me that if I was faithful in private, he would be faithful in public. So it never has been about Brandon's voice or how good of a worship leader Brandon is. It's been about those moments when you're not with me and I'm in the room alone and I just begin to cry and I begin to invite and practice the presence of God. Now that every time I do that in front of people, he just comes like he does when it's just me. And so it ain't because Brandon's great, it's because God is faithful. Amen. Amen. And so he's faithful to do exceedingly abundantly above all. And so when we ask, we can have faith. And I just remember that that this whole new fad came out with Periscope a little over a year ago. And I just kind of played around with it, had not really done anything. And one night I was just talking in my car and I had about 50 people watching live. And uh, somebody was like, sing something for us. And so I started out doing Periscope in my car, right? I don't know why. It just this is how it happened. And so I started singing a cappella. And the next thing I know, literally like almost an hour later, I have been ugly crying for an hour. The presence of God filled. And I was having like 100 people on there live watching this. And I was like, what happened? So then the next night I'm like, well, forget the car. I'm just going to get to my keyboard and I'm going to set this thing up. And this is how it worked for me. It took me from 2007 to 2015 to get 5,000 people on Facebook. It took me three months to go to 14,000 followers on Periscope. I'm over 20,000 now and don't even get to do it as much. And I'm not saying that because that makes me special. I'm saying it because, again, God is faithful. And every major connection that I've had this year... I've been able to completely fund myself. I, I make more money now than I did at serving at a church full-time. I've never made this kind of money, and it's not taking anything out of my pocket. In fact, I've been able to give more. I've been able to sow more. I've been able to see God be, you know, just bless me exceedingly abundantly. And what I want to tell you is this. You don't have to to settle for where you're at right now because God can give you the desires. If there's a desire in your heart to do something, it's because he's placed it inside of you and he's going to give you the wisdom and the accountability and the, the, the ability to do those things that he's called you to do. Amen. So if you really believe that, I want you just to lift your hands 
And I want you to agree with me. The Bible says where two or more agree on one thing, that it will be done for the will of the Father. So, Father, we just right now, in Jesus' name, Lord, for every business owner, God, I pray, Father, that financial increase is coming into their life right now, God that you are going to give them precepts and concepts and innovations, Lord, that are going to take everything they do to the next level, God. That For every artistic and creative person, God, maybe that they're doing graphic work or website design or anything, Lord, technologically, God, give them, Lord, ideas that will change the world. Father, you're not a respecter of persons, so if you can do it for Bill Gates and you can do it for Steve Jobs that created incredible empires, Lord, why can't you do it for one of us in this room today, Lord, for many of us in this room? So we just thank you, Lord, that you are the absolute source of creation. You, Father, are the man who owns the, the, the cattle on a thousand hills. You are our Father. You're God. And if you have something, you are not stingy with it. You want to give it to your children and bless us. So we, Lord, declare right now that new ideas and, and wisdom is coming in to every person, Lord, who has surrendered themselves today, God, in worship during this moment, Lord. And that, God, we are going to walk out of here, and there are going to be new uh, inspirations in our heart and in our lives. And we just thank you, Jesus, for what you're about to do, because not only will you advance our life, not only will you bring increase, but you, through this, will advance the kingdom of God and the gospel of Jesus all throughout Chicago and the United States and the world. And we bless you for that, and we thank you for what you're doing even right now, God. We bless you. Come on, give it up for wisdom. Let's bless the Lord. Slap your neighbor high five and say, I am wise in him. I am wise in him. Amen. Come on, Jacob, give me some love. You are wise. I'm sorry. You are wise in the Lord. Let's sit down and get one more. And guess what? I will close out with this last one. It is so funny. It is so funny, my heart, to always preach to you guys for five hours every Sunday. Literally, I got six in my mind right now. And how many have we done? We've done just two, and it's already 12. So this is what we will do. We will close now on the third one, just as if this was my sermon, and I'll actually have altar workers up here to pray. In case you're new to this, and maybe it's been a little hard for you to worship and pray with us, our altar workers in just a moment will be up here to help you to pray, to take some of your prayer requests, some of your needs or things you'll have questions about, and to help you seek the Lord. But those of you who are kind of like, I'm a pro at this. I got it. Maybe it's going to be your third time. You've already come up to the two times. You're going to enjoy this last one. Open your Bible with me quickly to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verse 32, about freedom today, spiritual freedom. You know, I mentioned those addictions and those things that I faced with smoking. But there are a lot of addictions today that people face in life. Some of them can come in the way of food. I don't want to tell Brandon's story. He wants to share it at another time. But God has really set him free from the addiction of food. And he's already lost about 60 pounds. And he held up his, his pants the other day on his Facebook. And he had other pants on, by the way. Uh, but he held up an old pair of pants. He didn't take off his pants. He go, this is what I lost. But uh, I lost 160. 160. Pounds. Give it up for Six your boy, BC. I lost, some of you noticed that I lost weight as well. I lost 60 plus pounds as well. And so, uh, thank you, praise God. 
And I say that to say that food has become like a, a very strong addiction in our culture. So when I say addiction, I'm not just talking about smoking crack and shooting heroin, you know. I'm talking about anything that you can't stop on your own. You could be addicted to Netflix. I'm not talking about the occasional binge watch when you're having fun, enjoying a day off. Uh, but I'm talking like you just, you get anxious. You don't feel right unless you do that. Some of you could be addicted to sports and you are on a low right now. Like you are down right now because your dealer didn't deal you a win last night, right? And I love the Cubs. Don't get me wrong. But your emotions, people, should not be attached to those things. And if you can't quit it and say, hey, I'm okay whether they win or not, then you got to get free from the love and the addiction of sports because that will take away your love and freedom that God has for you. There's also addictions that people have towards relationships. A lot of young people, young adults in our church, listen to me. Some of you cannot be okay being single. You have to always be with somebody, always be with somebody. You never want to be alone. You'll put up your, your, your chat thing on Facebook. Somebody talk to me. I'm by myself. Somebody talk to me. I'm by myself. Now, I'm not saying all that is wrong at all times because sometimes you're by yourself and you want to talk. But there are some of you, you know what I'm talking about. You are addicted to being in a relationship. You're addicted to that attention. Others of you are addicted to man's approval. Maybe you grew up in a family where you never got the pat on the head, the hug, or the kiss unless you got the A, unless you hit the home run. And now as you've gotten older, you live for approval. You live for it, and you don't feel right. If the boss doesn't say good job every time, you don't feel right. If your husband or wife doesn't say good job every time, you don't feel right. So there's addictions to approval. There's addictions to relationships. There's addictions to sports and entertainment and addictions to food and substance. And then obviously there's addictions to some of these chemicals and drugs, addictions to alcohol abuse. You can drink, but only in moderation. Some of you are addicted to alcohol. Others addicted to smoking. Like we said, it's not a sin, but it hurts you and hurts those around you. And others, you may be here today addicted to drugs. You may say, I don't feel right unless I smoke my weed. I don't feel right unless I do this certain kind of pill. And you know that it's not helping. It's only hurting. And the temporary uh, satisfaction wears off and makes you worse off than before. How many can say addiction is not of God? Addiction is not of God. Listen to the scripture, John chapter 8, starting, let's say, in verse 31. Jesus is addressing the Jews who had believed in him. He said, if you hold to my teachings, then you are really my disciples. Then you will know the what? You'll know the what? The truth, and the truth will set you free. How many of us, just want to be openly honest, how many of us have, have been addicted to something in our lives? Just raise your hand. Some of y'all addicted to lying. That's why you can't raise your hand right now. You addicted to the fear of man and what people think about you right now. Get free from your addiction. Come on. How many of you have been addicted to something in your life, right? How many know you didn't want somebody to tell you the truth about it? The last thing you ever wanted was somebody to get in your face and say, you're addicted to this. I remember when I first became a Christian, didn't have a lot of friends, started renting movies, and I knew that I was starting to get a little bit out of hand because I was going every day, every day, every day. And it wasn't until the worker at the store said to me as I came to get my movie probably for the 30th night in a row, she goes, you're here a lot. You must not have a lot to do, huh? And, and I just... I just kind of felt bad because I'm like, I'm a Christian now. I should love Jesus. I shouldn't be dependent on a movie to keep me company all the time, you know? And it hit me, but I didn't like it. I didn't like it. 
And you know, when I was gaining weight, I didn't like it when my parents came around because my parents would tell me as it is, Joe, you're gaining weight. You're gaining weight. Joe, you need to do something. And I was like, oh, I got it under control. How many of y'all know when you're gaining weight, you know everything about dieting? You don't need nobody to tell you anything. Oh, I know how to do that. You know, you're gaining weight and people care about you. You need to jog more. I know about jogging. I've jogged 100 times in my life. I'm the best jogger you've ever seen. I can only imagine what people were thinking about me then. They're probably like, if you're such a know-it-all, why are you getting obese? Right? But that's how we are with ourselves. The biggest lies that we tell and the most often lies that we tell are to ourself. And Jesus said, I'll give you the truth. So if you are addicted to anything today, Jesus said this, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So are you all ready to close out and do this? Altar workers, would you come please? Let's all stand up together. Can we give God a hand clap for his word today? Amen. If you guys want to stay for second service, I'll do some new ones. We got a one o'clock. If not, tell your friends to come. This is how we're going to close out today. We're going to close out praying for those who want freedom. Before you come, just give me a moment because I want to just thank you guys for coming today. We are a church that loves you. This service was designed for you. You know how powerful this is. Tell your friends about it and bring them next week. If you experience a testimony even today, go home and write me. Write me on Facebook if you have me there. Or tell your life group leader. Because we want to know that you're experiencing the presence of God and His presence. So we're going to close out and this is what we'll do in our last one. If you need help with anything, coming to Jesus, repenting of your sins, healing for a sick body, well, I was going to get to that. Uh, you, you just need more direction in your life. Anything like that, come up to one of these folks. Or if you want them to pray for freedom. If not, if not, just find a place to worship and they'll let you worship and we'll close out worshiping the Lord and being free. Amen. Let's have, um, Adam, would you pray for us today? Thank you. Amen, amen. God, we thank you for what you've done in this place, God. Yes. We thank you, God, that your presence is here, God. And when we leave, you go with us. Yes. So, God, I pray that everyone here would remember what happened. God, the word that you spoke over their life, the thing that you did, God, how you set them free, how you touched their heart. Yes. And then, God, they'll go out and live it, and they'll be reminded day after day that you're with them, that you love them, and that you have a plan for their life. We thank you, God. Be with us as we leave this place, God. We thank you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Come on, if you love Jesus, can you give him one more hand clap of praise? We love you, Lord. God bless you. Have a great week. This is the after party. Otherwise, have a great week. We'll see you next time. Freedom. If you need freedom, come on up. Come on up if you need prayer for freedom. Hang out in the after party if you would like. Jesus is here.
those who are praying, continue to pray. But those who are just worshiping for their freedom, come on, just say to the Lord, I give this up. I surrender it to you. It's not going to be by my willpower. It will be by your power. In your presence, I ask for freedom. Freedom right now in this area of my life. In Jesus' name. What area do you want to be free in right now? Lift it up. Jesus, I want to be free from food addiction. Jesus, I want to be free from approval addiction. Free from the fear of man. Free from always being concerned about what others think about me. Freedom from being always in a relationship, addicted to relationships. Just let the Lord know we're going to worship. We're not in a hurry. But tell the Lord what you want to be free from. Come on, believe it today. Those who know the truth will be set free. Freedom! 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 Now just say, I receive it. I am free in Jesus' name. Freedom reigns. Come on. I am free. I am free. Thank you, Jesus. Free in Jesus' name. They are Yes. the same again. Showers of mercy and grace falling on every Come on. Take it from the beginning, Desi, where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom just for these next few moments. Come on, Desi. Oh, there is freedom. There is freedom. Oh, where the Spirit of the Lord is.
You know, one of the freedoms that a lot of guys deal with is pornography. And we're not embarrassed to talk about that here, so I want Adam just to share just a little bit, and then we'll maybe worship one more time. But just on the idea of freedom, Adam, just share with us what it was like to get free from pornography and God to purify your heart. Amen, amen. Um, I was exposed to pornography at a young age, at 12 years old, and didn't really know how to what to feel in my body. I just knew that it was different. And then entire time growing up from 12 into my later years and early 20s, dealing with pornography and not telling anybody. And I remember, like, I felt like I was alone. It, it couldn't really tell anybody because it was dirty. I was always by myself and I always felt ashamed. And I was around in Bible college and even when I was struggling then, I felt like, man, I'm just going to do more and I wouldn't do it as much. So I felt justified. like I'm doing it less. And it wasn't until I came up to one of these services and came up to one of the men and said, listen, this is what I'm dealing with and I want to be set free from it. And God touched my heart and God set me free. And I remember like that shame of now the devil didn't have anything on me. It's when you tell somebody like, hey, listen, I'm struggling with this. God can come into your heart and he can set you free. And I remember at that moment, it's like, I'll never do it again. Like the joy of freedom, actual freedom. And it wasn't like this man-made where now I, I'm doing good, I'm not doing so good. It was a freedom that came from the Holy Spirit, setting me free from that addiction. And I just want to encourage you, if you're in this place and you're dealing with it, doesn't matter who you are. You can be successful, you can look good on the outside. But if you deal with that in your personal life, God can set you free. There's no shame in it. See, the shame, God, the devil wants to keep you in your shame and having to deal with it and never confessing it and just saying that you're good. And whenever you have a time of accountability, just saying like, oh, I'm good, I'm good. And you really avoid the question. You dance around it. But let me tell you that there's freedom in Jesus. There's freedom in the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that the temptation of lust goes away. There's, there's temptation. But through Jesus, you can overcome it. Amen? Amen. I'm just going to pray. If that's for you, just come on, open all eyes closed. God, I just pray in Jesus' name, God. Did you bring freedom right now? Come on, if you're dealing with it, just place your hand over your heart. Jesus can set you free. You don't have to be addicted anymore. You don't have to be ashamed anymore. Pray for freedom in Jesus' name right now by the power of the Holy Spirit. God, you break those addictions. God, break the shame, God. Break the fear. Break the fear of man in Jesus' name. We pray that your Holy Spirit would come. And remind them what freedom is. Remind them what liberty is. God, remind them what it is to, to know you. And I just pray right now. Come on, if that's you, just receive that. And Lord, we pray for freedom from all addictions, all torment, all bad habits, God, that are harmful to us mentally, physically, spiritually. And we pray that no one leaves here the same way they came that everyone experiences freedom today. And now, Lord, as we get ready to sing our last song before we get ready for the second service, I just thank you for today. Lord, you showed up in a mighty way. Your presence was here, and you brought so many presents. You brought freedom. Oh, God, you brought wisdom. You brought healing to broken hearts. And I'm sure, Lord, that you did more than any that any one of us could think about right now because once we invite you you break all boundaries and limitations and so I thank you for this service I pray that everyone now will practice your presence this week 
and remain in your pleasure. Remain with your blessings, your fullness of joy. One last song, amen? One last song for the after party. Thank you. You came to set the captive free. You came to bring us liberty. My fear and my rejection, that your blood and my acceptance. Now I'm alive to bring you free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Every chain, every chain is broken through you, Jesus. covered every sin your grace empowers me to win oh, my pain and my oppression and your blood and my acceptance now I'm alive to bring you a praise when the spirit of the Lord is there Chain is broken through you, Jesus. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Whoa. Where the Spirit of the Lord is very 